Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 120, or possibly 121, of the Cloudcast. Uh, Aaron's still over in Hong Kong at OpenStack Summit, and we're not totally in sync. He's been doing a bunch of shows, so if we end up getting our numbering wrong, I apologize to everybody's iPod uh, podcast reader. So, um, today's another very cool show, so sometimes we have friends of the show, uh, longtime friends of the show, and sometimes those friends of the show move around a little bit, so we're excited to have Tal Klein come back. Uh, Tal, welcome to the show. Howdy. I think you are our first time. Uh, we've had other people who've been on three times. You've been on at least three, I think four, but you're now on company number three. Originally, you were doing VDI stuff with Citrix. Yeah. You were doing some cool stuff with Bromium. What are you doing now, yeah. man? Yeah, so uh, this is a really cool company. This company's called Adalom, uh, um, which uh, in Hebrew uh, means uh, the last line of defense, basically, and like it's a, a I don't I don't know that there's exact. It means like the literal definition is until here, but uh, yeah, it's the last line of defense, and it's pretty cool. Like what we're focusing on is uh, SaaS security, and um, and before we get into the the word salad of it, uh, you know, one of the things I was hoping to to uh, to talk through in, in this podcast with you is is kind of like common misperceptions about what we mean about uh, securing the cloud. I feel like if you, you know, a lot of people will ask me after, you know, when our company launches, they'll say, well, why didn't you just say cloud security? And I feel that that, that phrase has been so washed that it doesn't mean anything anymore. I mean, there's, you know, you, you look at uh, every company that, that uh, you, you know, when you talk about cloud security, you know, people talk about encryption, they talk about identity, they talk about, I mean, there's like infinite number of things that could be construed as cloud security, part of them, some of them focused on infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. So I decided to really uh, uh, narrow the focus of uh, what Adalom does to focus on, on SaaS and SaaS adoption. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so it'll be so, interesting. Yeah, so before we, before we jump into all that, that sort of stuff, like you said, so, um, you know, we're recording this a little bit early. Uh, you guys are going to yeah. big launch coming out on the 12th. So people can go yeah. look for that stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll put the show out after so we can talk about all sorts of uh, top secret stuff beforehand. Um, you're, you've joined recently. Obviously these guys have been doing stuff for a while. Give us a little bit of background on the guys who started the company, the technology, sure. obviously you, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, the, the name is a Hebrew name. They're a, they're a Tel Aviv based, um, or at least part of it, you know, tons and tons of good security technologies come out of, out of that region. Tell us about, you know, the guys and, and what's been going on so far. Sure. So we're, we're actually based out of uh, Menlo Park, California, but the R and D team is, uh, is in Israel. Uh, it was originally founded by, uh, three guys. Uh, they're all former, uh, uh, eight, 200 guys or 8,200. Uh, basically, you know, Israeli intelligence, uh, cyber core, and um, they're, they're, they developed a really, really cool uh, mechanism for um, uh, heuristics, for uh, usage heuristics, for uh, basically identifying whether uh, a person is uh, who they are uh, based on 
on their activity rather than anything that they could input into a, a form or something like that. Okay. Um, and that was the initial, that's kind of like the initial big ideas. How, how do I know that when Brian uh, initiates like this, po- this podcast with me, how do I know that, that it's, it's really you? I mean, I guess it's a little easier in the context of voice, but if we were chatting with each other online, um, how would you ever, how would you know that you could trust that I am who I say I am? And if, if you're using an application, how do you know that the end user, uh, that the entity with the user's credentials is actually the user? Okay. So is this something that, um, you know, they, they had built this technology, you know, specific for this company or is this stuff that, you know, sort of, you know, research they had done and they've been doing this, you know, is some other means before this or is this yeah. kind of the, okay. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the heuristics, the notion of heuristics is very, very important because, uh, you know, the projects that they were working on, uh, had a lot to do with, uh, authentication, right? So it was a lot of, you know, they realized at a certain point that, that almost, um, you know, all technical means of, of authenticating and, and encrypting, encrypting are, uh, essentially a cat and mouse game. I mean, the only way to, um, to validate, uh, to validate that you're, you're, you're truly who you are is based on, you know, very granular heuristics. And so the idea was, you know, how do you create an authentication mechanism, um, that, that validates that you are who you are. That's not ultimately how, what the product ended up being. It's just that, that that's the inception of, of the technologies is, you know, basically ensuring that, that, uh, communications, uh, were safe, uh, uh, and and authenticated without having to uh, rely on. So basically, you, you could have conversations out in the open. You, you didn't have to worry about you know logging in to whatever. You could even use like you know uh, pastebin to have conversations as long as you could you could validate that the person who uh, who is writing the copy is actually who they are and that you know how to parse that copy in the context of who that person is. Okay. Cool. So b- before we jump into sort of like how all the technology works and all this, so this was one of the questions I wanted to, to get into and you kind of brought it up. So, you know, we, we, we'd heard for a while. So, uh, you know, we've, we've all been kind of around this cloud space for a while. Uh, you know, early on there was, there was kind of the public cloud people who were saying like, look, it, it does all kinds of cool economic stuff. It's, it's on demand. It's, it's all OpEx. And, and then you had your initial security pushback, like, hey, I don't know where my data is. I don't know if it's secure enough. And then, of course, you had the, the sort of rebuttal that said, well, you know, most enterprises, most companies aren't very good at security because they can't afford it. They don't know what best practices to deal with, blah, blah, blah. You know, cloud should be more secure. Um, and, and now we're sort of back to maybe saying, well, maybe it's maybe there, there's a whole nother level of security we need to think of or there's another protection we need to think about that walk me through kind of where you guys think you're coming at from the you know is cloud secure or is that really just a bad conversation to have these days no i think it's a, i think it's a great conversation i i, I believe i'm i'm of the school of thought that that you know cloud services and especially SaaS, uh uh is secure that is i mean the security of, of infrastructure is, is you know a lot of times you know up to your due diligence and, and ensuring that you understand the you understand what what security components are built into the infrastructure and ensure that you're turning them on and utilizing them. I mean, I remember the first time Amazon had an outage uh, in, in uh, one of their instances. You know, everyone and everyone and people who didn't build, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
globally uh, low balanced uh, or sorry, just low balanced uh, components into their cloud architecture had an outage. And they're like, oh my God, Amazon, you brought me down. And Amazon was like, uh, you know, dude, you had, you totally could have built a redundant infrastructure using Amazon. We didn't, you know, we don't, we didn't let you down. You just built the bad, you know, you just built a bad architecture. Yeah. And so, and I think this is, this is the debate that's starting to happen right now. And, And I, I actually completely side with both Amazon in, that, in the first case and the SaaS providers in the case I'm about to talk about, which is, you know, if, if Brian's credentials get compromised, if, if I fished you or if you download some malware that, um, and, then, and then now a threat actor has access to com- uh, confidential enterprise information inside of, SA- of a SaaS application, you can't possibly point the finger at the SaaS application. The, the same thing would happen in the context of, of Omtron. Right. You know? It, yeah, because so, you could easily have one person using the same credentials on 10 different services. And um, yeah, okay, I get, I get where you're going. So, uh, well, I mean, there's also, so we'll get, we'll, like, so for me, this whole notion of, uh, it, we, we solved a, a lot of issues with SaaS with, um, earlier on with companies like Okta and Ping. Or you know we used to have provisioning problems, and those were real big security issues because um, you know I want to make sure that when Brian leaves the company, all of his accounts are disabled, and you know we had situations a lot. You know, Octa and Ping really fixed a lot of that problem, and now even ADFS um, can be used to solve the same problem, which is you know um, not having a million different passwords and logins and passwords for IT to manage uh, and provision and deprovision all the time, right? Yep. Um, and then there's also like, you know, encryption and stuff like that. So you've got like Cypher Cloud and Formetric and all, all that kind of stuff that kind of, you know, uh, protect protect data in motion, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the context of uh, while interacting uh, with the SaaS applications. Um, but as you said, my perspective is that, you know, the security argument of uh, is kind of moot. I mean, the infrastructure security argument that is, uh, it's like arguing about whether it's safer to drive a car or, you know, be in a bus. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, the statistics will always side on, on, you know, on the bus, but, you know, it, it's just that, you know, uh, car crashes happen so often and bus crashes happen less often. So when a bus crashes, you hear about it on the news. Right. Absolutely. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a body count so, thing. Uh, yeah. I get you. Yeah. It's a body count thing. Yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah, without a doubt, I think SAS is the way to go. I mean, from a security perspective, we, you know, IT should not be in the business of, of creating, uh, you know, uh, robust infrastructure, especially when robust infrastructure already exists out there. Now, uh, SAS adoption with it just brings new security considerations. Uh, that is, our existing tools. So I think one step back even further, you know, SAS adoption is not just purely SAS adoption. That, that is adopting SAS, moving from SAS quote unquote revolution to the SAS era means that you're also being cognizant of the fact that your users are coming at it from unmanaged devices and that they're, you know, they're accessing those applications uh, from diverse locations that are off the corporate network. So, um, you know whether that is the case now or not. You know it, that that is a that to me is a requirement of of the SaaS era. That is, we have you know we uh, it it in general needs to uh, embrace the fact that it's not about them saying yes. 
the line of business owners have already made the decision to migrate to SaaS. And so um, the best thing to do is to, um, to build an infrastructure that accounts for that rather than tries to rein it in. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, um, I, mean, we, we, yeah, I mean, you and I are, are definitely, you know, in agreement of this. It's, you know, people are going to want to use the device they want to use. They're going to find ways to be productive. Um, you know, we've been, whether it's Dropbox or Gmail or Salesforce or WebEx or whatever the thing is that you love. Um, and, and yeah, blocking it. I mean, there's, there's a million ways to find ways to block it. The easiest way might just be don't come in the office and work out of Starbucks or it might be whatever it might be. So, so I, I think we're in agreement about that. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm very curious when, when I first heard about what you guys were doing, I kind of went, Oh, okay. You know, the, the buzz, the tagline I heard was we, we do SaaS security. And I kind of said, well, I kind of thought that applications were relatively secure and the access mechanisms were encrypted. And so let's talk a little bit about what you guys are doing in that context. Cause I think a lot of people might initially just think, Hey, I use a browser. The browser uses encryption. I kind of yeah. have to deal with all those those tokens and, and credentials and stuff. But what's what's missing in the SaaS security world that you guys are yeah. jumping into? So it's, it's exactly as you said. Um, now, uh, if we make the the leap from from the earlier statements, so we're saying users are connecting from everywhere on unmanaged devices, then we also then have to think about you know which of my enterprise. Uh, security or which of my corporate security controls apply to that model. So if I'm, if my users are out of band, uh, then, then firewall doesn't help and proxies don't help. Right. Right. Um, if they're using unmanaged devices, then antivirus won't help. And, uh, you know, and, you know, so like basically if you think about, if we think about everything that, that companies have invested in in the context of security, you, you primarily are looking at uh, two domains. One is endpoint and the other one is network, neither of which are relevant in the context of SaaS. Right. I mean, in, in essence, with SaaS, you can very easily have no borders that you would recognize from a security perspective, no perimeters that you can consistently point to, right? Right. Okay. So that is so when we talk about SaaS security, that that's what we're talking about is bridging the gap. That is, it's not that SaaS is not secure; it's just that the, the the companies don't have the security mechanisms to bridge the gap between their perimeter and uh, and uh, the boundaries of the SaaS. So it's it's like you know the SaaS provider's job is to give you a, a secure um, infrastructure. The you know and in a lot of ways. The, the metaphor I use, although, you know, it's not really apples to apples, is a little bit like a parking garage, you know? Um, you're, you're, entering a, you're entering a parking garage, and the parking garage is responsible for ensuring that the building doesn't collapse on top of your car. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you get, you, you need to understand that it's your responsibility not to leave your wallet on your seat. Right. Right. Okay. You know I gotcha. I mean? it's, like, <laughs> it's your responsibility. They, they can't, they, there's no way you could blame. You could say, Hey, I parked my car in your garage and left my wallet in your seat and someone broke into my car and stole my wallet. Well, right. duh. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, y- y- right. Yeah. So I, I get the analogy. I mean, you could argue, well, if they were guarding the door, you know, guarding the front and all that stuff, but yeah, I get where you're going. There's, there's, no, there's, there's level, the there's rest- levels of responsibility. Yeah, and yeah. by the way, yes, there, there, there's a guard there and there's a camera there and the garage will, will absolutely go out of their way to help you ensure that, that you know, 
so in the first place, they were there. To, they, were there they were there making a best effort to secure you. Right. Uh, but you, doesn't, you know, doesn't the prevent liability. you from doing dumb. Doesn't prevent you from doing dumb stuff like you said, like leaving your laptop yeah. in your wallet in an unlocked car. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. So, okay. Uh, I think that, that there's so the, so. I think that you could look at the SaaS provider and say, okay, maybe there's some contractual things I can negotiate, and you know, in, in the context of uh, you know encryption and blah blah blah. But you can't you can't ever put you know blame the SaaS, the SaaS provider when your users do, you know, when your users do bad things. Sure. It's not their fault. Sure. Well, um, and, it's, and it's sort of, you know, it sort of ties to the same premise that you and Simon used to talk about of like, you can only expect so much from your users. People are human. They just do yeah. things. They share things. They, they click on stuff because it's interesting. And so, yeah, I got you. I mean, we make, we all make mistakes. I upgraded yeah. to Windows 8, you know. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so I think that um, yeah. So so basically, th- this notion of bridging. So so now there's a new gap. So it's not like so your infrastructure by adopting SaaS, you've already made your infrastructure, in my opinion, exponentially more secure. Okay. But the problem is that there's just there's just a new uh, there's a new gap in your visibility and your and your ability to protect uh, to protect data. Uh, in this new context, okay, you see what I'm saying, and yep. that, that's what, that's that's where we fit. So, uh, what we do is um, we actually plug we plug into into the authentication mechanism. So, uh, um, when you log in, uh, so basically, if you think about the way Okta and Ping work, uh, and we were we by the way we're very complementary. We work uh, we're actually working very closely with uh, with Okta, um, uh, and I hope to work cl- more closely with Ping and. Uh, and Microsoft and all those guys because um, we're not interested in being the ident- in the identity business. Um, okay. Um, so when you we actually use the authentication mechanism when you log into Salesforce.com or Box or Office 365, um, we use the same mechanism. Uh, whether it's you can think of it as SAML or OAuth or whatever it is uh, that allows you to reach out to um, an, an identity management uh, proxy mm-hmm. and. We we literally piggyback on that, okay. And so uh, because you can daily chain those, um, it's very easy to do that. Um, what ends up happening is that the uh, the user when they're logging into Salesforce, Salesforce itself will then uh, through your configuration of it will then redirect the user to our proxy. So it's basically a it's a reverse proxy, but one that is uh, that the user gets redirected to through the SaaS application. Rather than um, through any corporate configuration or endpoint configuration. Okay, so um, so company signs up for your service. They identify a set of SaaS applications that they know their users use, and then you guys sort of become transparent. In that, I mean, yeah. like they log in like they normally would, but it's sort of you guys are transparent to that interaction. I'm yeah. guessing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then once we once we have that, we, we're able to then audit um, every, you know, literally we we, we could uh, we see every user activity inside of the SaaS application, uh, inside of each inside of each and across SaaS applications. So we have the ability to see to give you very very uh, good uh, uh, auditing of what users do across SaaS applications, not only within each SaaS application. Okay, so um, how do you? Let me let me let me kind of poke at this a little bit. So, yeah, I'm I'm Acme Corporation, 
and I yeah. come to you and I say, hey, we think this sounds cool. You know, we have this challenge. What first thing, like, how do they give you uh, their set of users? Do you have to plug into their Active Directory, or how do you know that? No, yeah, we're so we're transparent to all that stuff. So basically, uh, Acme Corp would say to us, hey, you know, we're using, let's say we're using, we're using Salesforce.com, Office 365, ServiceNow, and I don't know, Workday, mm-hmm. right? Um, we'll say, okay, great. So all you would do is. Uh, and then the first question I would ask them is, are you guys using uh, an SSO solution, using Octa or Ping? Okay. They'll, either say, they'll either say yes or no. It, it, it's irrelevant to us actually in the long, in long term, but um, if they're using Octa or Ping, um, then we would have to daisy chain uh, along that authentication process. So basically, they would either, uh, and we can work either way. So either they would, they would define us as the uh, SSO proxy inside of those fast applications and then we would then um, uh, send uh, the request back to Okta take the token and give it back to the to the application um, or if they don't have those or or, or they we could be behind Okta it doesn't really matter where or Okta or ping or whatever it doesn't matter to our, where, where we are in the chain uh, we just need to be in the in the identity chain okay um, I gotcha if if they don't have an SSO then it's even easier because they, they would just define us as the as, as the as, uh, the identity proxy, um, and uh, the user would be redirected to us after they put the login and, and password, and we would just feed that back transparently to the application. Okay. So it, it would, without actually going back to the Active Directory or, or any of that, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, they sign up, you know, 500, 5,000, whatever number of users are doing a bunch of, or, you know, interacting with their applications like they normally would. And yeah. You guys then, in essence, do you provide back to the IT organization, in essence, a, a a monitor, you know, sort of a monitoring service of what their users are doing with a whole bunch of policies and status updates? And I mean, it, it sounds like that's sort of the core of what you guys, you know, what you provide back to the the IT business then? IT is sort of your um, customer then? So, yeah, IT is definitely our customer, yeah. Okay. Um, and But I don't think that's the core. Actually, I think in a lot of ways... Uh, a lot of this monitoring, auditing stuff will be something that uh, the SaaS providers keep getting better and better at. I think that's going to be largely a commodity. Uh, what the, the value that we provide is, so as users start to interact with, like go through our uh, go through our service, we develop a heuristic profile of okay. each user. Mm-hmm. So I get to learn uh, how you know what hours Brian uses Salesforce.com in. Uh, what you know? What activities he does? What's his bandwidth utilization inside of Office 365? What devices he's using? What locations he's connecting from? Um, you know how much time he spends inside the application? Uh, and so, uh, I started to develop uh, your heuristic profile, heuristic profile for each user. And then um, once we have that, there's also a default, like just some basic heuristics that we we come out of the box with. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you start to the, the better we know you, the more we can. Uh, we we basically event when you act outside of your behavioral standard deviation. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that we generate, you know, an alert every time you use, like, let's say you upgrade your iPhone to an iPhone 5s. That doesn't mean that we don't trust you anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, but but that that particular that particular activity raises your risk score, and um, there and, and then there's. So basically, as your risk score changes, 
um, our interaction, your interaction um, with the SaaS applications can be impacted. So uh, a way to think about that is, is basically, uh, okay, so you know, Brian bought an iPhone 5S, no problem, it invented minor, minor uh, increase to your, to your, your risk score. Yep. Uh, but let's say that then he, then Brian, uh, then I see that Brian logs into uh, uh, Office 365 from California, uh, and then five minutes later logs, logs into Box from China. Whoa, yep. right? That's awesome. impossible. Awesome airplane, right? <laughs> yeah, supersonic jet. Uh, right, and so uh, you know, and so then we could say, okay, look, this something is obviously something bad is obviously going on now. Uh, at that point, our default behavior would be to uh, disable your ability to uh, to log in to those applications, and then we could, because we're in the past, we can um, redirect you to some help page that says, "Hey, you know, please call." It's, it's very similar to how you do bank fraud. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Something you know, bad happened. It, validate that it wasn't something bad. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So then it basically it, it makes it, it puts the so the security team already already gets the visibility. It, it gets the red alert. And the user also then participates in the security process. So they'll call the SOC or whatever, and they'll say, "Hey, you know, I, you know, it's me. I'm sorry, blah blah. You know, and I'm not sure how you'd explain the box thing, but um, yeah, like but we'll it's see. it's a way of saying like an activity <clears throat> happened that seems unusual. We flagged it, and in some cases it might be really bad. So we're we're kind of cutting you off until you call us back and say that it, you know, what, explain what happened, or or exactly. something along those lines. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and the yeah, the model is very similar to to fraud. I just don't like to use that word because it's not like we're we're never going to compete in that market. You know, we're, we don't want to get into like well, and you you're, know, you're you're dealing with different stuff. When you're dealing with fraud, you you're distinctly dealing with a, a financial transaction typically. Whereas in this, you're could be dealing with productivity, you could be dealing with sales, you could be dealing with you know right. all sorts of stuff. So yeah, no, I get it. It's I get that. So so I have to so I kind of I kind of have to ask this question. I mean, you guys. In essence, I think you said you become a proxy um, for basically all of these SaaS sessions, right? I mean, you're you're sort of in in the data path to a certain extent. Um, first question is, you know, wh- where where are you? I mean, where do these services reside? How much latency does it potentially involve, or is it just a is it a massive network so that it's it's near all the points of presence? Yeah. So there's two ways to deploy Adalom. Uh, we offer it as a SaaS service, as you said, but you could also then, uh, we have a, a private cloud or on-prem uh, way where you could just go build out your own Adalom. And the only thing that you would get in that, so in that perspective, uh, you know, the, the service component would be us feeding you, uh, uh, constantly feeding you updates to our heuristics okay. uh, engine. Um, it, but you'd be, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be in the path of anything that you did. You, like you'd have your own Adalom nodes. Okay. Uh, and we were basically doing the uh, the uh, the analysis. Uh, you, you, and also, by the way, so there's a, the, the way the model works is you can say I don't want you, I don't want any of my data to be in your path, or you could say you know I don't mind. Uh, I will. So the first option is I don't want any of my data to be in your path, but I want you to do the analysis and uh, and the heuristics for me. Or you could say I don't even want you to do the analysis and the heuristics for me. I, you know I can do all those things. Just give me just feed me updates to the, uh, the heuristics engine. That is like, you know what I mean? Like you, you could choose yeah. how, how far, you know, how far you want to go. And in some cases people warm up to us, you know, over time. Um, well, and I, and I, and, sus- and I suspect that 
that option has to be in place given the other giant white elephant in the room about collecting information, right? I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll ask it, answer it any way you want to. Like, how much concern do you do you sort of get from talking to early customers about you guys basically collecting all of that information? I understand you have to use it to build better heuristics, but do, do you? How do you collect all that information and not scare customers off that you're collecting all their information? You know, I, when I was interviewing for this job, I I, I had the same question because it seems like it seems like an obvious red flag and then I went I talked to the you know the initial set of customers and I said you know didn't this bother you and, and they said look you know as and it was the answers are, are really clever I mean what they said is look I've already you know so contractually I've already made my peace with the fact that the information is at a third party so I already know what I you know what I mean because if, if your data is already in a SaaS inside yeah. the SaaS application True. You've already you've already made the leap into trusting that your uh, your data is is somewhere else. Okay, right. So we're in a lot of ways, as long as they're satisfied that our architecture uh, is secure and trustworthy, you know, it, you know, we're at that point we're just another SAS. As yeah. long as we meet security the security uh, criteria that they used to to justify their. Uh, or to to allow their um, the implementation of of the SAS, the the SaaS service that we're protecting. Gotcha. Okay. So so that that's really the hurdle that people have to get over is, you know, do you do you trust the concept of SaaS? You know, data yeah. portability, data encryption, and if so, then apply the same sort of logic to something like this. And that's what I mean. It's like I don't want to be. Like I'm not really interested in being attached to companies that are just toying with, with SaaS, and that's what I mean. Like we're, we're so Adalam only makes sense in the world that accepts that we are in the SaaS era and that the SaaS revolution is over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, gotcha. And so depending on where your organization is in that, um, you know, in that model, then you'll I could tell you you know I could tell you very easily whether you'll be a good Adalam customer or not. Um, there are some regulatory components uh, sure. that, that that we fit into, and there. And by the way, uh, so we've built a very robust network. We're actually, you know, um, working uh, our SLA for the SaaS service is uh, fifty milliseconds, five zero okay. uh, latency. Um, and uh, you know, but we have no problem extending it. Uh, you know, customers that have already built robust clouds that they trust. Uh, you know, we don't. That's fine with us. We we don't mind getting they could they could build their own service uh, using our infrastructure. But what I what I usually say is like you know it, at some point you know you're gonna get to you're gonna get to this this uh, this realization that that none of it really matters. At the end of the day, what you really want is you know somebody who really understands the heuristics model uh, that that is able to do active uh, forensics uh, and defense on your behalf. Yep. Uh, to have visibility into it, and there's actually that component. That's the final component of what we we do. Is we also have an active uh, uh, research group uh, that specifically is focused on threat intelligence, that then monitors the heuristics that we see, and uh, and and uh, researches it, dives deeper into it to understand. You know, he is what we're seeing uh, simply. You know, somebody like Brian misbehaving, or is this a new? You know, a new Zeus variant that's trying to um, 
uh, siphon that's trying to crawl your SaaS application or something like that. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I gotcha. I gotcha. So there's a, and that, and that's where the, the sort of the, the labs and research element comes from this. It's not just, I'm selling you a product. It's there's, there's an active right. monitoring above and beyond your actual activities going on. Very cool. So, um, so for people that, that want to engage in this, I mean, what's, what's the typical engagement? What's the, what's the pricing model? Is it, is it per user? Is it the amount yeah, of traffic? Okay. It's per, per user per month. And obviously, um, you know, once we get over, uh, like a, a threshold of like a thousand users, then we move to an enterprise model. Similar, okay. similar to most, the way it works with most SaaS, you know, at a certain point, you start off paying per user per month and then you're like, okay, you know, this is not, you know, we, we've got too many users to charge to charge us per user per month. Right. So just figure out what the, what the enterprise, uh, uh, contract is going to look like. Yep. And um, is there a, is there like a freemium element or a trial element to it as well? Um, it's an interesting question. I, there could be, okay. um, I'm not, a, I, I don't think we're doing it. Um, you know, if somebody, how about this, you know, I, I'm comfortable doing pilots with people cause it's very easy to configure. Sure. Um, you know, uh, it, it's just that, you know, from a supportability perspective, uh, it, I, I will give, uh, we're happy to give free trials to people who, um, you know, who, who are, who are, who we think, who we believe are, are, are firmly adopted SaaS. I, I don't, I don't so much want to be part of this whole SaaS vetting process. I think that, uh, you know, and that's what I'm trying to separate ourselves away from. If you're still in this phase of where you're, you're trying to think is SaaS secure? Do I want to go in that direction? Um, it's probably too early for you to, to engage with us and not. And so for us to do the, the freemium thing, um, because there's an active defense component to what we do, you know, there's a lot of resource. Uh, we, we then have to dedicate some resources to, uh, to engaging with you. But if, so, uh, I would say that I'm fine doing pilots or POCs for free, uh, for organizations that are, uh, that are firmly down the South path. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes. I mean, I I get that. I I uh, it makes sense. It's there's um. It's like you said. It's because of what you do, because of the nature of what you do. There's a there's a level of of comfort that uh, you're a, a level of of uh. I don't want to say comfort or dedication, but like you know belief in in the model that you kind of have to have them have gotten over before they're they're probably gonna gonna engage with what you, I mean. Like th- there's got to be a problem that they've they've uh, seen that you guys provide a value for as opposed to you becoming their first uh, engagement around security for, you know, for SaaS or anything like this. Let the SaaS providers do what they do first. Well, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, initially, uh, before I, before I came on board, there was actually a discovery element also built into the product, mm-hmm. which was like this thing that went out and told you what, what, um, like it, it, it did a scan and, and told you what SaaS applications, kind of a shadow IT a shadow IT uh, discovery module, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I, you know, we decided to actually uh, um, untether that from the product. Well, it's actually when we launch uh, on our website, you'll be able to just get this tool for free because I, I don't think that there's companies that are still in this notion of trying to, to react to shadow IT have not yet made like this sort of enlightenment uh to realization that the reason all these things exist is because there isn't an efficient uh, and useful mechanism provided by the company to those users. Interesting. So that's actually, that's, that's, that's very smart though. I mean, it's, it's, you can provide them something that gives, 
I mean, because you, you can talk to a ton of IT people and they'll go, nah, shadow IT is not really a problem or we know how to deal with it or we know our users. If you can provide them something, even if it's outside the product that says, this is the type of problem you have today. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, it's sort of, a, yeah. I'm just saying sort of tool. That's, that's useful. Um, it gives yeah. some, and sometimes, it's free, so, some, yeah, yeah. And sometimes just data and, and reality is a, it's a good for people to sort of see what's out there and then they can choose to do what they want. Yeah. So literally if this, if this podcast goes out, you know, after, after launch, this tool is, is available for free on our website. You can just, okay. I mean, very cool. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll put a link to it uh, in the show notes. Well, good, man. Um, I'm going to wrap it up. I think we're, we're sort of at that time. Um, I appreciate all of this. It's a, it's a very cool sounding thing. Um, you always work on very interesting, good technology, you know, good core technology and, and you, you tend to sort of sniff out trends before um, sometimes before they get going. So I wish you a ton of luck, Aaron, and I wish you a ton of luck. Um, we'll get this out around the launch. Best of luck with the launch. Uh, where, where can people go find, uh, where will they see Adalom at, at, you know, security events or, you know, mainstream events or, you know, other ways for people to engage with you guys? Yeah. So we'll be, uh, we're going to be a dream force. Okay. Um, so that'll be the week after our launch. So that's November 18th. Uh, we'll have a booth there, and um, um, and we'll be so we'll be at all the all the SaaS events, and also we'll be uh, at the uh, you know we're going to be next year. We're not doing the Gardner Identity Management because it's it's conflicts with Dreamforce, uh, uh-huh. but uh, we'll be Gardner Identity Management uh, conference in uh, in Europe in London, and we'll also do all the you know all the Gardner shows. We'll be at ours today. We'll, so we're we're sort of like I said we're, we're skirting the line between security and SaaS. We want to be part of the SaaS ecosystem. Yep. Um, and we also want to be part of the security ecosystem. We want to be that company that just, you know, bridges the gap between the two. Very cool. Yeah, that no, makes makes a lot of sense. Well, listen, man, I appreciate the time. Uh, folks, we're going to wrap it up for the day. Um, again, as always, if you like the show, tell a friend, leave us a review on, I, on iTunes. Um, you can find us on the web at thecloudcast.net, on Twitter at thecloudcast.net. And uh, for Tal and for Aaron, he'll be back from Hong Kong uh, next week. Uh, thanks, everybody, and have a good day. for listening we hope you enjoyed the show and by you of course we mean the NSA